Good morning and welcome to the Sydney Methodist Church and uh, also those of you who are following our online service. Um, this morning uh, we have uh, no announcements. I don't know if anybody has any announcements. Oh, I have one. I forgot to put it in the bulletin. Next week's communion. Holy communion. And for those who've requested cups, cups will be up here on the uh, on the altar if uh, you don't want to do it the way I do it. So it's up, it's up to you. But Holy Communion will be next Sunday. Um, if, does anybody have any more announcements? Any more? Okay. Um, then uh, I guess we're going to start out our service this morning. Uh, if we'll all stand up for the hymn of Providence. Now thank we all our God. of faith, a responsive reading, and uh, um, Psalm 85. You, O Lord, showed favor to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the inequity of your people and covered all of their sins. You set aside all your wrath and turned from the fierce anger. Restore our sin, O God, our Savior, and put away your 
Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger through all generations? Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will listen to what God the Lord will say. He promises peace to his people, his faithful servants, but let them not return to all. Surely his salvation is near those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs forth from the earth, and righteousness looks down from heaven. The Lord will indeed give us earth, and our land will yield its harvest. Righteousness does before, goes before him and prepares the way for his steps. And uh, now, if you'll please be seated, and uh, we'll have the children come forward for the children's message. Do you think it's because 
God doesn't love you and didn't give you as much as you see other people having? No, not at all. God knows that whatever he gives us, if we use it, it will become more. Just like when we plant things in the garden. You might have had more. You only had a few, but if you use those, boy, you're going to have a lot of good stuff coming out of it. So we've got to stop and think, what did God give us that we can give back, that we can use? Are you good at something? What are you good at? Good at running. Uh, I'm good at baseball. Okay. I just started baseball last year. All right. And are you good at things? Yeah. Like what? <coughs> Doing front flips? Okay. All right. Well, guess what? You might say, I don't have money to give to the church whenever they give us those plates to put money in. But maybe there's a, uh, one of those walkathons that they have or one of those races that raises money for maybe a disease or somebody that lost stuff in a fire or, you know, that's how you can give back. Take the talents God gave you and use them. And your front flips, I bet sometimes when Graham or Mom might be feeling sad and you might go over and do some front flips, think it might make them smile. Yeah. Did you use the talents God gave you for good? You did. So it doesn't matter how much you think you have in life. God gave us all so much. We just have to figure out how to use it. Because the more we use what he gave us, the more he'll give us. It's weird. It really is. You might think, I don't have that much money. I'm not going to put much in. But you put a little bit in the collection plate. And gosh, this, the next week you find money in your, in your wallet or in your purse or in your pocket. It's really strange. Use what God gave you, gives you. Use it as much as you can. Because he will bless you with even more. Let's say a little prayer. Dear Lord, we are all so incredibly blessed with everything that you've given us. And some of those things that you've given us are still hidden talents that we have yet to discover. Please help us to remember that when we've got the opportunity, we need to be cheerful givers. We need to use those gifts and talents that you've given us to bring your word to those around us and to show people what it is truly like to be a Christian. Amen. That, uh, on uh, June the 14th, over seven, there were 750 or more votes cast. Uh, 95% voted in favor of disaffiliation for all 10 conferences. And all, just about every conference had like 95%. And then there were 5% who voted not in favor of, of, of disaffiliation. So you can see the support that was uh, given for uh, uh, dis disaffiliation. Uh, let's see, uh, uh, in August, you know, we, we have a new identity. Uh, we'll be called the Sidman Methodist Church. Now, whether we uh, 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 do outside services or not, not outside services back at the pavilion, but around the porch 
over, over there. Uh, since we're starting a new identity, let's have new seats. Change your seats. You've sat in these seats for decades. Well, now we're, now we're a different group of people. Change your seat. Sit some other place. But that will be your permanent seat. I mean, you can change it week after week. But don't go back to where you've sat for decades. Change, change your seat. Things are going to be, uh, be different then. Okay. So let us pray. Oh God, we give you all our possessions. Let us value them and use them only for you. Let us faithfully give back to you through giving to the poor and needy all that you have entrusted to us. We give you ourselves and our all, governed and ordered us and all that is ours. We give our reputation to you May it be used to advance your honor in the world. When we are tempted to think again like the world and to adapt to the customs that surround us, let us say, we do not belong to ourselves. We do not serve ourselves, nor the world, but our God. We, give, we will give, give to God what belongs to God. We pray for the good health and well-being of the members of this congregation their families, friends, and neighbors. We pray for the law enforcement, military, especially our First Lieutenant Carl Smith, health workers, firefighters, EMTs. We pray for the well-being and safety for the leaders of our community, country, and church. We pray for the safety and well-being of our youth and continue to encourage them on their walk of faith. We pray for the unsaved, the unbelievers, for them to turn their backs on their wayward ways so that they may be saved before it's too late. We ask for forgiveness for our going astray and for choosing our way over your way. We pray travel mercies for all those people who are traveling throughout this, uh, this summertime that they, they get to uh, where, where they wanted to go safely and they return home uh, of, of safely. Although there may be some bumps on the road with the attorney at home. And we pray for all those who are suffering. If it can't be stopped, then let it be lessened. We pray for Tom and Roseanne Burkett. Now, dear Lord, if there was a name that came to the Spirit while we were, while we were praying, let them say those names out loud now. our time together with you, our time in prayer, to a close by praying the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now if everyone will please stand and we'll join in the hymn of trust through it all, uh, number 507 in your pew hymn. Gracious God in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come to uh, recite your psalms, to sing your hymns, and to hear your word. We thank you for the opportunity that you, that you give us. And we ask that you accept these tithes, gifts, and offerings that are given to you to help with the running of the church here in Sydney and with help with spreading your word on the air throughout the area. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, Master, Teacher, and Friend. Amen.
You may be seated. Next week is the beginning of uh, July. The summer is going. Very quickly. Okay, what are we doing there? My favorite book in the Bible, James. We're dealing with James chapter 1, verses 19 through 19 through 27, and then we'll skip to chapter 3, verse 3 through 10. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the world word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they can do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Now we go to chapter 3, verses 3 through 10. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless, restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. These are the words of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, we're, we're going to deal with the next three weeks. Uh, words from the Methodist founder, John Wesley. Uh, uh, and uh, because we're getting close to the where we separate, uh, I thought it would be nice to uh, revisit what John Wesley says. I, I don't think John Wesley 
would, would agree with the stand that the United Methodist is, is taking. I think he would, he would be going global as, as, as well. It's a, uh, so this is uh, John Wesley, Three Simple Rules, Part 1. Next week we'll do Part 2, and then the following week, Part 3. John Wesley said, if you want to live a Christian life, then live by these three simple rules. Do no harm, do good, and stay in love with God. That's it. Today we're looking at the first rule. Do no harm. There's one method of doing harm that we don't even think it's a big deal, but it does tremendous harm. It's the harm that we do with our tongues, with the words we say, the ways we talk to each other, the negativity, the gossip, the sarcasm, the insults, the put-downs, and backstabbing. Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death. Now, listen closely, because here's the answer to number one. Relative to its size, the tongue is the strongest muscle in the human body. And relative to the hurt it can cause, the tongue is the most dangerous muscle in the human body. So there's the answer to number one. The tongue. <laughs> one, way, way, one of the ways we do harm with our tongues is through gossip. Here's the answer to number two. If we talk bad about somebody who's not present, share things without that person's permission, and we say anything with a motive of tearing that person down, that's gossip. What's being said might be true, but that doesn't mean we ought to be saying it. One little comment can start a chain of gossip that can destroy a relationship, a church, a community, and a reputation. I've had problems at the two of the seven churches with, 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 with gossips. The, the first one was uh, I asked the chairman of the church council, I said, would you mind if I try to find somebody to replace you? And he said, yeah, go ahead. So I found somebody to replace him. Next thing I know, I'm hearing these stories that uh, I ousted him from his, uh, from his position, and he was letting everybody know this within the church. So when it came time to vote to pay for my health insurance, people started showing up that I'd never seen in four years. And they, they voted no. The vote was like five to four or something like that. They decided not to pay my, my health insurance. Uh, and it was all because of uh, I kept having to, no, I didn't say that. I didn't do that. I did this with his permission. But they didn't, they didn't see that. They heard something, something else. And then at the, uh, at the uh, at church where I had to wear a, a, a chest protector, because they kept throwing darts at me all the time, uh, up in Arnold, my friends up in Arnold, uh, I kept hearing complaints each week about, how come, how come you're doing this to that person? And it's like, I didn't know I, I, I was doing anything to that person. That's news to me. Gossip going around, going around, going around, and I got out after uh, I was there for, for two years. So I've, I've experienced what gossip can, uh, uh, can do. There used to be a, a principal at one of the schools, 
who was standing in the library looking at the parking lot. And I asked him, what are you doing? He said, I'm just looking at all the people who are talking to each other because they're the ones who will be causing trouble because of the things that they, that, that, that they say. So, so be careful if you're going to gossip about me. A, a, uh, the uh, number three, another way we do harm with our tongues is when we say hurtful things to each other. We think no big deal, that's how people talk. But James says that kind of talk is deadly poison. When you just open your mouth and say whatever comes out, when you let your untamed tongue just go, you are injecting deadly poison into your relationships, into your family, into your children, into your workplace, and into your community. Have, have, you, ever, have you ever played the game gossip? Or telephone? We used to play it in school. The teacher would whisper, whisper something to the last kid in the row, and then he would whisper to the and it would go around 25 times uh, how many kids were in the room. And then when it got to the end, she would say, Johnny, what did he say? And he would say something which was totally different than what she had told the, the last student, the first, the first student. It just it exaggerates. It's built upon. And in many cases, it's, it's, not, it's not true. It's not true. A famous marriage researcher found that if one marriage partner speaks an unkind word to the other, it takes five positive affirmations to overcome the relational impact of that one negative statement. It's sad but true. The negative is five times more powerful than the positive. The negative is more, five times more powerful than the positive. Look at, we all complain about the negative ads that are up on political campaigns. But unfortunately, they work. And unfortunately, we watch them. We have to be careful with what we see and what goes into our ears. Because it can have an effect on our thoughts and our actions. Many of us don't realize that when we talk bad about somebody else, we are insulting God. Now let's look at James 3, verse 9. With it we bless the Lord and Father. And with it we curse those who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth comes blessing and curse. This ought not to be so. And yet it is so. And it's become so common that it no longer bothers us. We've grown up with it. We're used to it. When it comes to what we say and how we talk, we Christians are taking our cues from the rest of society. They should be taking their cues from us. There are, there are some uh, uh, movements that are going across America who are not putting up with this woke stuff. And, you, and they're getting national uh, attention. 
Well, they don't talk about us, the Methodist, what the Methodist Church is going through. But we fall into that into that category. The the other the the uh, the, the United. Never mind. Hello, folks. How are you? Glad you're here this morning. Uh, it's a uh, not that not that it's a, a woke situation that uh, that we're in, but it's a, a a situation that is coming into it has been in America. I'm a Law and Order fan, fan, and I've watched some episodes of Law and Order that's dealing with these issues. And this was in 2004. It's like that issue's been around that long. Gee, I didn't know that. I just thought it was something that came up recently. It's 20 years ago. They were talking about this on the TV program because that was a, a big thing. That or they were making it a big thing at that at that time. And we're, we're finally come to where America, America is showing that it's a, a conservative country. That's what, that's what the, the majority of people want. And they're starting to speak up. They're, they're tired of uh, the, liberal, the liberal ways. And, they're, they're, and you know, it's, uh, listen to the people on the news and listen to some of the words that they're saying. Or the way they're, they're, they're saying them. They, they know, because they're professional, of how to say something so it sounds not, I mean, they, so it sounds the way they want it to sound without saying the words that need to be said to prove their point. Because they're professionals. They know how to do that. They know how the people, how the people react. I'm, I'm a, 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 a leery about uh, uh, dealing with actors. When I was uh, 16, I, th I think I was 16 then, 15 or 16, I had a band called the Mother Rays, R-A-Y-S. And we, we got the opportunity to go play on the Children's Theater on the Steel Pier at Atlantic City. And the, the man who ran the thing was called Tony Grant. And from that day, he was fine. He'd walk out in front of the, of the curtains and, oh, parents would thank you. These kids are so fantastic. They're great. I love them all. Blah, 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 blah. All smiles and good things. And then he'd come behind the cabin and he'd, I told you not to do that. Get out of here. He was totally different off stage than he was on stage. And that's what turned me off about dealing with people who do, do things uh, like, like, like that. Although we did go back another year and, uh, and, and, and play there. It was a nice, uh, nice, nice experience. We become just as good at insults, sarcasm, and put down as the rest of society. I, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not aware of, I don't think the sarcasm I use is, is, a, is a put down. Is it? No? You can be truthful. Nobody sees you. You know, we won't send somebody out to uh, uh, to get you. I'm reading a James Patterson book now, where where the lady is talking to a group about her book, and somebody disagrees with what she says, and and she leaves, and they all leave, and the person who disagrees with her ends up being killed by somebody. It's happened two times so far. So nobody's going to be out looking for you. You're not, nobody's going to be, no, no, you know, Frank's not going to play the video over the uh, tube. They won't even see you. 
But I don't think so. Am I wrong? Because I, I, I use a lot of sarcasm. I can be quite uh, sarcastic. Am I using it in a hurtful way? Nah, nobody, nobody, nobody says yes, nobody says no. Okay. That's one of the questions I always ask the PPR people. Is my humor getting in the way of things? Is, is my humor giving you a different opinion, of uh, a different impression of uh, what I'm trying to say? And at every PPR meeting, they come out instantly. Nope, 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 doesn't bother us at all. Nope, nope, nope. Okay, all right, good. So I've continued. If it bothers you, I'll, I'll try to uh, adapt. Uh, it, it's hard to uh, change your uh, stripes when you get to a certain age. But I would try. I would try. We seem to think that if what we say is true, then how we say it doesn't matter. What we say is true, but how we say it doesn't matter. It does matter. And these people who are, who are talking heads on TV know how to do that. Because there's a, if they don't know how to do it, there's a group of people around them who know how to do it. They're producers and things like that. You need to say this this way. And they can do that because they're actors. They're just the talking heads. The poison coming out of your mouth damages you. The tongue has the power of life and death. James says, no one can tame the tongue, and he's right. I don't, I don't feel that I, I, I've done this all the way through school, from second grade on. Uh, putting in humorous comments when the teacher would take a breath. Not while she talked. No, I didn't. I never interrupt the teacher while they, while, while they talked. I had a college professor say to me, if you were just as good a student as you are polite. Because I never, I never, I, I, he was the worst teacher I've ever had, which I told him. Of course, he told me I was the worst student he'd ever had. And then I said, well, you're the worst teacher I've ever had. And everybody in the hallway heard me, heard me, say, heard me say that. Uh, and this was at Peabody, Peabody Conservatory of Music. He's dead now. <laughs> Thank goodness. Maybe we should pray Psalm 141, verse 3, every morning. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Do no harm. John Wesley's first simple rule. Now the answers to the questions. Relative to its size and the hurt it can cause, the what is the strongest and the most dangerous mus muscle in the human body? The tongue. Now let the lines on there. You can pencil these in if you want to. Number two, if we talk about somebody who's not present, share things without that person's permission and say something with a motive of tearing that person down is called gossip. And, and John Wesley goes on and says, the worst gossip, gossip is religious gossip. 
The third one, another way we do harm with our tongues is when we say what? Hurtful things to each other. And we don't even know we're saying the hurtful things to, to each, each other. But we are. So let us pray. God of our thoughts, words, and actions, give us the strength to adopt this first simple rule and then live our lives by it. Let us think first before we answer, so we can express ourselves without hurting the other person or people. May we try our best each time we engage others, so that we are practicing do no harm. So be it. Amen, it's, 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 it's put into another language, it is so be it. That's how John Wesley would end a lot of his sermons. So be it. So let us stand with our hymn of eternal life, Nearer My God to Thee. Number 399 in the hymnal, or the words are on the screen.